Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Here on The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses, how you can build businesses and wealth that would have sustained impact not only over time, but also over space. And we invite guests from all over the world both expert teachers and legacy business owners to come on and share a thing or two on their journeys. And we have these conversations in an environment of authenticity, curiosity and vulnerability. This week, I was joined by a powerhouse, Mrs. Mercy Amina. Mercy currently manages Fiduciary Services Limited, a private client firm focused in Lagos, Nigeria on energy, governance and compliance, capital markets and legal advisory and trust and estates. Her, her work really is advising high net worth individuals and families on local and cross-border wealth management and private philanthropy. In this conversation, we unpacked common mistakes families and high net worth individuals make when coming when thinking about estate planning this was such a fascinating conversation thoroughly educational so 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 helpful mercy really helped to break estate planning down and unveiled a lot of common pitfalls people jump into um, how to plan well so i definitely recommend you listen to this thank you and enjoy Hello, Mercy. Welcome to The Connected Generation. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much, Nike. My pleasure. I'm so happy that we could um, agree and pin up a time to get this done. So really, all the pleasure yes, is mine. indeed. Indeed. Um, you're a passionate corporate solicitor, trust and estate practitioner, governance and sustainability enthusiasts. So you come with a lot of expertise that I think will be so valuable for listeners. But before we dive into, I guess, your expertise, I'd love to learn more about how did you get here? Like, what was the journey Mercy went through um, to get to this end point? Okay, so, um, yeah, I started my professional career. So basically, I'm a lawyer, so I I, uh, was called to the Nigerian bar, and and, um, I I just chose from the outset not to go into litigation. I wanted to do business law. So um, right about after like one year of um, working in a full-fledged law firm, I was now able to get into business law, which was what I wanted to do. But that meant that I was going to have to get into a corporate setting. So that's what I did. And the corporate setting I got into was an investment banking Mm -hmm. Um, firm. So that's really how it all started. And at that time, at, at, and at the time that the, the business was just starting up, so we were more or less like pioneer staff. And um, yeah, and it kind of just fitted what I wanted mm. to do, which was the business law aspect of, of, uh, of practice and not necessarily any other thing um, else. So started investment banking and um, with a focus on wealth management. At the time we were talking about, which was 2009, it wasn't such a, it wasn't such a, I mean, it, it hasn't caught on. Like now everybody, everywhere you go, you see, oh, wealth management, everybody's right. trying to do, everybody's having one wealth management package or the other for you. That wasn't really how it was. It was just uh, buying and selling of chairs, 
Do you understand? Even things like uh, bonds. I mean, it was just a select mm. um, space of people that knew about those um, uh, instruments. But right now, it's pretty much mainstream. Everybody, everybody can go online. You can read it up and all that. So I started with investment banking and wealth management services. And part of what we are going to do was to um also be able to establish family offices get into trust and everything so that was really what my introduction was into that space um so i kind of just took it on and over the years uh, i had to do different things that were related to wealth management that was that were related to estate planning and when we eventually set up the local trust business in nigeria yeah i was also one of the pioneer um, staff that kind of just propelled it and did all the registration and all. So that's really how I got into the space. And at the point, it became imperative that, you know what, even if you're going to be dealing with local clients, you really need to understand what the global picture is. At that point in time, I knew that I needed to right. get um, a lot of, yeah, I needed to go out of, I mean, with out of this jurisdiction to get to understand what the global picture with um, trust estate planning, um, family wealth advisory, um, and that whole space, I needed to get that learning. So that's what I did. So I did a lot of courses, whether it was TEP, whether it was FFI, just, mm. just, just name it within this entire, within this entire space. And um, also what made it a lot more rewarding was as I was going through that process, there were also clients that wanted to get more value for how they were going to plan their estates, how they were going to sort out their businesses, how they were going to mm. that whole so the old um advisory that comes up with being able to um have intergenerational wealth and you have seamless transfer processes and uh, a lot mm. less headache. That was really how um it was bettered, and I became really more um entrenched in it mm. so really pretty now i just kind of it's pretty, it's pretty what i do monday <laughs> all day all week uh, that's really what i do yeah awesome awesome i guess i'd love to learn a little bit more about um estate planning particularly for high net worth families what are i guess the common mistakes you're seeing amongst these families that they're making with respect to their trust and estate planning? Okay, so, um, yeah, so for high net worth um, individuals, I think one of the common things, or one of the common thread that kind of just uh, weaves through, if you are speaking as an advisor, is that when you have a matriarch and a patriarch, more often than not, this matriarch and patriarchs have done it all they've seen it all quote and unquote and um yeah so they are in the driving seat so that is so that control bit that's what you see so you always have them wanting to drive the mm. conversation you always want them having wanting to be the ones to determine when to start how to start um what are the things that they want mm. to do and you you would need to really have a client that is um, well exposed um, and open to being able to say, you know what, I think this is the part that would best fit and not necessarily where you're looking at it from or where you're thinking. So um, the conversations are getting easier 
by the day, by the times, because this is 2022. So conversations that were really, really like um, attracting. I mean, when you tell somebody, set up your estate plan, I mean, in 2000, in the uh, 2010s and all that, you, you are almost invoking debt on the person. But now, um, with the way um, society has mm. changed, with the way the world, as we know it, has changed, it's become imperative that if you do have assets, you want to enjoy that. You want to ensure that you arrange your affairs. So the times are helping. The um, circumstances that um, families, uh, the patriarch, the matriarchs find themselves. The examples that they've seen in also their um, um, their colleagues or their acquaintances also having those challenges of not um, arranging their affairs. So it's kind of just coming together and helping. But one of the key things is that... Um, um, families of wealth, high net worth individuals, they don't want you to tell them what to do. It's very, it's very rare for them to say, you know what, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm going to just allow you the expert. They always have what they want to do. I mean, just recently, um, I had to walk through with a client, a family that, I mean, it wasn't even the, it wasn't even the, it wasn't even the, um, um, patriarch. Or the matriarch, though they were already re uh, resigned to the fact that you know what we are going to leave this earth, and um, and we are going mm. to go to a place beyond. We have these assets; we want our children to enjoy it. So, mm. no contest about okay, do you have other children, or are there other people that are going to come to lay claim on this asset? But you have the children resolute on we want to do it this way. This is the vehicle we want to use. We want to use this. And you're asking yourself, on what basis are you, on what, what they, and nobody wants to hear. They just want to do that. So that is really what you find out that uh, people already, they will go online, they would read materials and they will just say, this is what I want to do. So even when you come and say, you know what, for certain type of asset, this is what you should look at. For certain types of um, 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 assets that you have or certain types of situations or circumstances that you have, this is what you should do. They come with so much force that, you know what, this is what we want to do. This is what we've discussed that we want to do. And no matter what happens, this is what you should get up, I mean, get done for us. So that's really one of the key things you find with um, families of wealth or high net worth individuals. They really do come with um, a set mindset. So it does take a lot of um, conversations. Mm. It does take a lot of prodding. It does take a lot of time for you to say, okay, not a problem. We can get this done, but can we also have a conversation around this, around that? And let's see if at the end of the day, we come back to what you are saying you want or other things would have happened or other things would have come to light and you would have had a change of mind. So I think that's really one of the key things. But like I always tell people, you wouldn't have a high net worth individual as a high net worth if the person hasn't gone through the rounds, if the person hasn't hasn't exhibited those character traits that ordinarily, when you come to the point of when they want right. to arrange their affairs, they are exhibiting. So it's just natural. It just it just comes with the terrain. So what you do is you need to understand it as mm. an advisor that you are going to have these situations. So why don't you just work with the clients and make sure that at the end of the day, you are setting up a structure that works for them. Mm. That, that, that's so true. Um, a lot of um, successful 
wealth builders, entrepreneurs have strong personalities and that's really what's gotten them there. Um, mm. Quite dominant forces. Now I'm thinking through estate planning, putting your affairs in order, who leads that process? Say for instance, um, you've got children involved, um, adult children who may be concerned about the estate planning or just general structuring and planning, um, but are facing these strong personalities um, in their homes, how do they navigate um, that from your perspective as the advisor? Who should be leading this process? What in an ideal world should this process look like? Is it just the matriarch, patriarch um, talking to the advisor? Do you involve the, the, the next generation? Uh, what should this look like in an ideal world? Okay, so in an ideal world, I would always support that the patriarch um, um, like kind of lead this conversation. I would always support it. And the singular reason why I would support that is because um, everybody tends to, everybody tends to, um, to conform. It's not necessarily because you want conformity, but it's just because you don't want chaos when you are in that process. You don't want chaos. You want you want a you want mm. you want to set up a process that um, from the outset everybody can sit around the table, it'll be civil with each other, and we will get and we will get to the point mm. where there will be consensus for us to move ahead. So where you have um, the mm. children leading the conversation or driving that process or the next gen. More often than not, it does lead to chaos because everybody has fantastic ideas. So you have a situation where somebody just read up something, a friend of his just shared something, oh, this was what my friend's father did, this is what my friend's mother did, or this is what I heard that somebody in my school did, or something like that. So you want to manage that whole process so that it doesn't even it doesn't unravel even before the whole thing starts. So I like the conversation, the process of the estate planning. Right. Let it be championed by the person that owns the assets or the person that generated the assets. So whether it's the patriarch, the matriarch, let them be the one championing it. But at the same time, you as the advisor, you should know that this is not really for them because they are going to pass away. So you're setting up something for that would outlive them. That's the whole essence. You're setting up something that will outlive them. So that structure you're setting up, that plan you're setting up, can the children live in it? Can you as an advisor, I mean, by the time events have occurred, would that same structure be valid? So that's really where the expertise comes into play. But really, um, to have a seamless process, the processes are never seamless when it comes to estate planning. That's given. But to have a seamless process, you want to ensure that the wealth generators themselves are the ones driving it. Then you now bring other family members into it. Mm -hmm. And you start asking a lot of whys. So when you have the patriarch or the matriarch stipulating things, you, you're constantly asking why, why, why. Then you have, then you have your interviews that you have with every family member you have your interviews that go around all the family members that have been identified, either they've been identified as beneficiaries or they've been identified as people that have significant interest in what is being set up. So you interview everybody and you get a broad picture. Then you also try to have a meeting where all the key, all the key elements that are uniform across board 
you're speaking about it. Uh, that when it comes to the variances, the outliers, you're also noting them so that they can go back with it or they can um, come back and say, oh, it's fine. We are okay with that. But that's how the process should be if you really don't want to start up with having a chaotic um, 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 situation in your hand. Mm. Really helpful. You mentioned earlier that um, a lot of the time you're faced across the table from people that have very strong ideas as to how, you know, what should happen based on what they've seen, what their friends have done, so on and so forth. What are um, the dangers and risks that they may face in taking that approach um, as opposed to being guided um, by the experts? What, what may they not be seeing that may um, transpire as a result of implementing that which they've desired and asked you to do? Okay, so, um, yeah, so you have a lot of people that just feel that um, this is easy. Um, I mean, setting up, how hard can it be for me to set up my estate plan? I mean, how hard? I've set up businesses. I've managed businesses. I'm a chairman of so, so, and so different companies. My children, too, are also executive directors, and they, and they have, and, and, and they can lead things. They can drive things and all that. And when they come with such forceful um, positions, what you want to do is to kind of take a step back and say, okay, you know what? Let's, let's agree on how we want to play this out. But one of the key things that you find that, um, or the key mistakes that people make is that there's no one size fits all when it comes to um, estate planning. Mm. Um, arranging your affairs, who do you want to give your assets to, what have you been doing, what have you lived by um, all through your life, and how would the way you've mm. lived your life affect how you want to distribute your assets? Um, what are those things you did that people are that is synonymous mm. with you? People know about. If anything happens to you today, is that going to go? So a lot of people will say, "Oh, I have clients that will say, oh, um, they give to their churches for harvest.' You understand? So if they are no longer there, would the children? Mm. Most of these kids that we are talking about, some of them within the Nigerian context, they're not even in the country. They're not in the country. They went abroad, they studied, mm -hmm. and they decided to start their families over, over there. So they are overseas. And you, you have some, you have some, um, you have some, um, some um, I would like to put it, legacies that you've built up for yourself. Yeah, locally in Nigeria, right. yeah. So there, there is no connection. There is absolutely no connection. So it is about knowing that it is not what, um, I've had I've had clients that are in the U.S. that have their children in the U.S. or in the or yeah, basically in the U.S. and they'll be asking you some concepts that you know that obviously it doesn't work within the Nigerian context. It doesn't even work within even the African yeah, context because those are specific, can you give examples of yeah specific laws yeah. So somebody is um, so an example oh, of it okay. would be that yeah. So an example of it would be that. Um, somebody is telling you about a a living will, like is a living will. So right. what we do for in like for, for for example in Nigeria, or maybe in like um, Anglo um, Anglophone speaking countries, um, by virtue of the common law and the English received law and all that, will be will be um, living trust. You understand intervivals trust. 
So, and that's very separate from a, talking about a living will. Um, you would have conversations around power right. of attorney. Like the way power of attorneys are construed in the U in, in the US is very different from the way they are construed in right. Anglophone speaking countries. You understand? So you have and most times you find out that when clients are coming with a US law, you find out that the US has about fifty-two states or thereabout. Each of these states do have their different estate planning legislation that have been put in place for those states. So right. you might really be talking about a state, maybe uh, looking at one of those US states, and it just it doesn't even apply in the next states. Except maybe like is a is a law that has a federal yeah. application, then you can talk about it. So when you do have these things, you have to just ask you so you just have to kind of smile and say, okay. What do we now do? So, um, what do we do now? Do we do we resign ourselves? I mean, there are different ways. They will tell you directed trust. Now, if somebody is, if a client tells you in the UK, in the US, directed trust, there are legislations that allows you to have a directed trust. There are legislations in place in Nigeria. Mm. We don't have those legislations. You understand? Or it's even when you go offshore. You probably have offshore legislations that allow you to um, have those have those um, have very robust estate planning structures that you could put in place. That ordinarily, if you are if you were to if you were right. to have those structures under a common law system or even the received Beatrice law system, it's not going to it's not going to it's not going to work. So when you have people that are coming with those things, you just kind of just chill, you smile, and you let them know that, okay, so these assets, the best thing that can happen is maybe we should think about selling those assets. Maybe we should think of um, getting people in to come. They give us, we have a liquidity event, and we now move those assets offshore such that those legislations that you are so um, vocal about those legislations that you are very passionate about they can now guide those assets but if those assets are landed assets in nigeria if they are landed assets sitting in anywhere or there are instruments here that that a petrach or a metric has purchased it probably might not work so what you want to do is see how you can have a liquidity event and that liquidity event now enables you to now move those assets move the funds to those jurisdictions and you can set it up you understand, but as it is, with what you're proposing, it's probably not going to work. So, so that's really um, wanting to say, oh, this is what, um, and, and I've had clients that they work in investment banks in the US. So they really do come with very sophisticated, very wonderful, technical, and you're like, okay, fantastic. I like this. I like what they are trying to do because it puts value back for the clients. The client is in the driving seat. The family can right. understand what's, what, what's, what's happening. But it does not necessarily mean that if you bring, you can rep reciprocate it here in Nigeria. You might not be able to reciprocate it here. You understand? It will not work because we don't have mm. the enabling laws to, just, just like you have it over there in the US. You don't have it here. So you have to look for other ways mm. to be able to ensure that if the key objective is succession planning, and um, being able to transfer assets mm -hmm. seamlessly, you now look for what are the next best alternatives that you could use while ensuring that the structure you're talking about is able is watertight and um, serves the purpose of the client. Mm. 
that's a wonderful answer. And I guess it's to highlight to families just how complicated estate planning is, particularly when you have multi-jurisdictions. Um, and like you said, if a number of these rising gens are abroad in the US and the UK and through their professional work, they're getting exposed to different structures, thinking that they can just bring these copy paste into Nigeria or whichever jurisdiction, it may not apply because every jurisdiction has its different laws and guidelines and what is permissible and so on and so forth. So it requires a lot of education um, on the part of the client to really understand the nuances and the peculiarities that go alongside that. I guess as you were talking, I was um, reflecting upon what about there's a whole bunch of, um, I can't remember where I was reading it, but it was something like, I think 70% of high net worth families haven't, um, of G generation one, haven't engaged in um, estate planning at all. And I was just thinking, what if, um, um, thinking to speak to th that family, um, to educate them on the benefits, particularly of estate planning. Maybe you alluded to kind of failure stories um, that a number of your clientele have seen with respect to estate planning. Perhaps can you paint a picture of what's the likely outcome of their assets, their income, of their businesses, should they not um, engage in any estate planning. Okay, that's true. So that takes us right down to what are the benefits of estate planning. So one of the key things that estate planning enables mm. you to do is to be on the driving seat. That's And really, if you've been on the driving seat of everything you've done, you've collaborated with others, you've been able to acquire these assets, and you've done so well for yourself. Now, you don't want to get to the point where there is um, an end-of-life situation and you are not in that driving seat. It can be pretty much devastating, both for yourself and for those that you are leaving behind. Because more often than not, the people will be used to you being in charge, used to you being doing the needful. So just having um, an unplanned event happen and everything is in disarray is not something that um, it will probably be alien to those um, family members. So that's why estate planning is very important, especially when you do have assets and they are of significant um, value. It's very important. It puts you in the driving seat. Now, it allows... Mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. Another key thing is, if you don't have a plan, fantastic. The problem is that the government has a plan for you. So if you don't have a plan for your assets, mm -hmm. if you don't have a plan to who gets what. The government already has a plan. So there's a default provision. There's a default set of laws. There's a default set of regulations that guides what happens to your assets when you don't have a plan. And even when you do have a plan, depending on the type of plan you have, there is also a default set of laws that also guides it. So you need to be asking yourself, which one serves my purpose very well? Which one is, is, is the best for enhancing the value of my assets and also ensuring the seamless transfer of those assets. So really, it puts you in the driving seat. Mm. It takes out. It takes away from. It takes. It takes your family. It takes you uh, and your memory, your beautiful, loving memory, away from the harrow stories of how your family will have to be going around trying to 
um, ask, okay, my, my father had this, my father had that, or we understood that he, he had these shares, or we understand that. No. Estate planning enables you to collate those assets. You are able to identify them. You are able to collate them. You are not able to understand, okay, what's the best way for me to transfer this asset to those that I love? Um, another thing um, that estate planning allows you to do is that when you now have uh, when you have children that are uh, disadvantaged and you want to have special care for them because you won't be there to command the respect that people would use to take care of those children. So if a patriarch and a matriarch has, has, has a child that is um, challenged in one way or the other, when they are here, they can direct every other person to do the needful. But when they are not here, what happens? Everybody is like, okay, so what so how is that my business so when you have those kind of situations when you have children with special needs and you have significant assets and you know that um um you you just plan for them because really estate planning is about planning for the worst case scenario you're not doing your estate plan because you are thinking is the best case scenario if it was the yeah. best case scenario you would just leave you would just go i mean and all that but estate planning is more or less like a worst case scenario thing if everything goes awry this is the basic minimum that I've put in place to ensure that at least my legacy, my assets are in the right hands and with the people that I love and that there will be continuity of whatever it is that um, I love doing in my life and also what they also, uh, what, uh, what other values that they've picked up from me. So that's really, um, yeah, so it, it enables you to take care of yourself. So there are times when, I mean, I've had a, I've had, I've had a, a, a conversation with, um, a colleague, a senior colleague at the time, about the fact that um, ch children, I mean, the, the um, children of a, of, of a patriarch, because they, I mean, I mean, when you know that your parents are wealthy and you just have that and you grow up with that mentality and all of a sudden um, probably, probably things are not adding up and your father probably you getting to understand that you are not living up to expectations all the um, um, all the things that have been done for you you haven't really taken the best and all that so you now have children that have turned against their parents now when they've turned what do they want they want you to they, i mean they want to see the demise of the parents and in seeing that demise the what they want is to have direct access to those assets so there are situations where you would have those children really hold you as the patriarch or as a matriarch bondage they would hold you um bond until probably you sign some things or until probably the person dies or something so that they can have easy access to those um, um, assets. So first and foremost, the estate plan is really to serve your interest. In the in the at at the point of incapacitation, when you can't make decisions and everything and all that, what have you put in place? You understand. So what have you set up mm. in place to take care of you and take care of those that you love? So because um, yeah, so that's really it. Because there are different circumstances that people find themselves in, and you probably would never have imagined that that would kind of be the circumstance that um, even you or anyone related to you would be. So that's really what estate planning allows you to do. It allows, it allows you to remove the, I mean, having external parties come in and feed on your assets. So imagine that you have worrying, worrying mm -hmm. children, worrying factions of the family. What happens is that those assets, 
nothing happens to them so they will tell everybody to go back to the status quo so whatever the status quo was if it was if it was status quo of okay daddy or mommy was the one managing these things and um they didn't leave it out they didn't plan it out or give it to anybody it means that those assets are just going to be seated there they are going to be at waste or they are going to just not um, um appreciating or having any any value added to them so those are the things that you want to prepare against. Those are the things that you want to plan against. Um, being, ensuring that at the end of time, at the end of this whole journey here, you would have done your best to um, protect your legacy, to ensure that your assets are in the hands of those that you want to have it, and to ensure that your loved ones are taken care of. Mm, mm. No, I'm still stuck. If you don't have a plan, guess what? The government has a plan for you. And I think that's The government has a plan, absolutely. Um, And and they will be so happy to help you execute the plan. I mean, like, it is a... Yes, it is a business. They will help you to execute the plan. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, So that's that's one for a lot of people to think about. Um, And then the other instances that you gave as well uh, are so poignant like and so like you really need to stop and think through what will happen in the event of incapacitation what will happen with absolutely um, yeah children with special needs and all the other examples you gave and i guess where i'm left with is if um a listener is from a family enterprise and knows that there's no estate plan what are the practical steps where should they start from to prepare to engage somebody like yourself? Because I don't believe that um, all the work is on a third-party consultant. There's some preparatory work that they would have to do as well on their side. And what do you recommend that should be? Okay, so so for clients that, um, that I mean, like, you would want to now say, okay, what are your concerns? So um, you have to, you have to as um, an high net worth individual, someone with significant assets, uh, and um, varied family um, considerations or varied family um, situations, you have to ask yourself, what are your concerns? What are those concerns that you deal with on a day-to-day basis? Is it your wife? Is it your children? Do you have um, a drug issue within the family? Do you have um, um, a special needs child? Um, do you have um, aunties and uncles that you've taken care of all this while? Um, are you actively um, um, participating, whether in your church activities um, and all that? So you want to ask yourself, what are those concerns you have? And if you were to write like a love letter to yourself with respect to the assets you own and the, uh, and the values that you've lived your life by and what you want others that are coming behind you when you are no longer here. Just imagine that you're no longer here. What, 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 um, what story do you want to um, have written um, about you? And what, and what circumstances do you want to play out? What is that scenario you want to play out? What would you love to see? So you start writing it down. You start, um, mm. um, you start penciling it down. I mean, like, start writing it. So those concerns, those different things that probably over the years you've neglected and you haven't really um, 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 followed through on. But at this point, you know that, you know what, I'm not going to be in this life forever. I need to, I need to, I need to come to terms with it mm-hmm. and I need to now say, okay, how, what now happens when I'm no longer here? And who takes charge? 
who gets what. Um, are these assets indivisible such that they would always remain within the family? Um, the legacies, the philanthropy that I'm known for, would I would it stop? Should it continue? How do I set about it? What do I do? And all that. So you start addressing your concerns. So once you start, um, so we call it a letter of wishes. So it's almost like a love letter to yourself when you're writing down, personally down your letter of wishes mm -hmm. to say, this is my wishes when I'm not here. I want A to be well behaved. Mm -hmm. I want this. I want that. You just start, you just start like just having that moment where all the things you want to happen when you are not here, how the world should be better, how, whatever it is, you just start it. So those are when you start addressing your concerns and the whole varied issues that you've lived with or that you're probably experiencing as, as the patriarch or as the matriarch. Then after that, you now want to now say, okay, how, what are those assets? You want to identify it. You need to have a spreadsheet. Where are they located? Um, who are the directing minds? Um, and all that. So you want to collate that whole information. This, so this doesn't have to be like, um, a 24 hours like it happens like that no it's just you being conscious you being intentional so the intentionality of it is what is very important you need to be intentional about it you cannot have an estate plan that you are that is just that you are passive about then you, i mean the whole purpose is defeated so there has to be a right. lot of intentionality about it so to be able to ensure that the objectives that you are seeking to achieve which is harmony, family harmony, asset preservation, goodwill, just that continuity, you understand? That, that whole, so that when your name is mentioned, it will, be mentioned, it will evoke sentiments of good. It would invoke, your family would always want to make sure that um, your legacies are enshrined and they are doing all the needful. So you, so, so you could have your letter of wishes, you could have your assets um, identified and you start collating it. Um, after that, then you're not looking at who are the best um, experts that I should speak with. Then you probably be looking out for firms that this is all they do. I mean, and they've had um, and they've had um, similar situations that they've that they've worked with, or similar families or situations that you know that um, at the end of the day you are you you are going to be able to have a plan that just takes that that is rounded um and really takes cognizance of all the concerns um that you have so really um in setting up an estate plan what you don't want to do is with i mean there are, as in there are clients that will tell you oh i have a childhood friend that is a lawyer so i'm going to go back to my childhood mm. friend and um i would speak to him i'm sure he knows what to do um and all that and even if safe i'm even going to make my dad my childhood friend my executor now what we tell clients is how are you sure that you will that that person will not predecease you how are you sure that person is not going to die before you so you're already uh, making um True. family members aunties uncles you're making them your executors and this is 2022 i mean like there's so much that has happened in the world, uh, we see people go to the offices, go to their offices, and the next thing you hear is that, oh, they had, um, they were burnt out and they were admitted, and this is, this is what has happened. So you just want to make sure that you're speaking to the right um, professionals, you're speaking to the right um, experts, and that you are telling your story as it is. You are being transparent, you are being open, 
and you are desiring for the best for everyone so yeah so that's really how how the process would work you there has to be a part i mean like a personal um 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 catharsis that uh, that allows you to pour out what you want to do what you're seeking to achieve and what you would want the scenario to be when you are not here so yeah so so that's really how you start then you cannot underestimate mm. the services of the professionals you cannot you cannot so that whole mentality of we can do it ourselves there are some things you can do yourself yes you can i mean if you do have the time you can do your gardening yourself if you do have the time you could probably make your bed yourself or you could decide to make lunch or dinner nice. or something maybe from a from a youtube page or something that you you could look at it or whatever but when it comes to estate planning if you want to do it right you need to ensure that you have the professionals doing it for you mm. so 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 true and something that struck me as you were talking was that um, quite often when we talk about estate planning we talk about assets what happens to liabilities? Yeah, that's a very interesting one. That's a very, very interesting one. That also comes in as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Yes. There are times when there are liabilities even attached to those assets. There are times when there are liabilities right. attached to those assets. So it all comes about you taking stock of what you own, what you owe, mm -hmm. And how you want to go about it going forward. So that's it. Yeah, absolutely true. It's not. It's not necessarily all about. But if you even yeah, look at it, I mean, if, if you look at the definition of of uh, of assets, as uh, I mean, as well, I mean, whatever you have as as an asset, you would have you would have taken note of the liabilities. So, um, yeah. Yeah. What happens if the liabilities? You know, things. For those that are from Africa or Nigeria, the exchange rate is, you know, unfortunately in a downward trend. Um, the value of the assets could go down significantly. You may have liabilities, maybe bank debts that are accruing and compounding at 20-whatever percentage. Um, what happens if upon transfer we have a net liability situation? How how do you how do you as an estate planner, I guess, like what kind of, what steps can you take to protect the family and the legacy in that instance? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when it comes to that, I mean, like, um, if you are hemorrhaging, I mean, it's like if, if the assets that the family is holding mm -hmm. on to are really like, um, I mean, they are just, it's, it's just not tenable. What you want to do is, um, how can you come in and get the family to renegotiate all the positions they have? And um, end of the day, another thing is this: um, how can you? What are the what are the other benefits that you could take um, advantage of? Um, um, could you could mm. could you look at if you cannot speak to for I mean for example if you have a bank loan. Um, the easiest that you would think would be, okay, you know what, you probably would want to do a renegotiation with the bankers. But even if that is not even the situation, do you want to now look at, um, I mean, what are the bankruptcy protection um, um, benefits that you could use such that at the end of the day, there right. is a... There is a there is a stop. There is a way in which not all the assets would 
would just be lost so you would probably need to have so when you come in and see those kind of situations you are looking at what structures where they where they limited liability companies where they sold proprietorship where they so if they are limited liability entities you know that is limited to the shareholdings if they are by guarantee you know that okay so these are by guarantee entities and what what is the value of the guarantee if it's a sole proprietorship you know that come on it's going to hit everything so you want to look at the structure the person has that um those assets are 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 head in that you now want to look at the at the laws of the land the corporate laws of the land and see what are the protective measures you can take such that uh, you can at least manage the um, manage the liability side of it, and if possible, allow the allow the family allow the assets to be able to recoup. I mean, like so that they can they can have like a breather, and they can now be able to see how they can build back um, those assets or how they can work around those assets, or if they even need to get in new investors to come in and they take a significant haircut with respect to the shareholding. Especially if they are, if they are, if they are, if the business can still remain as a going concern and all that. So there are different ways in which you can um, you can look at it. And um, fortunately for us, if you're speaking um, in Nigeria, the 2020 um, Kama that we have, Companies Analyzed Matters Act, does provide robust provisions for you to kind of um, shepherd your entity, shepherd that company, shepherd that. Uh, corporate mm. structure in such a way that um, if if there's still life in it, it doesn't have to die, and you don't have to lose those assets. So depending on what the assets are made up of, um, they are, I mean, they are, so you come in as an advisor and you try to work with the family. If they have the bankers, um, you also work with them. If they have the investment managers, you work with them just to understand um um what it is and if you do have a negative position at the end of the day what you want to do is to let the family know that um it will probably be um a criminal offense or for them to continue to rely on those assets if those assets were actually supposed to either be maybe for payment of taxes or payment of lending and every other thing you just want to ensure that uh um, they are on the right side of the law and they are taking advantage of every provision of the law to protect the assets, to protect their position and and not to have as much losses as um, ordinarily would have been the case. Mm. No, that's so helpful. So, so essentially, if there are liabilities, um, it still pays to go down the estate planning route and to think um, and make considered decisions based on like you said what are the bankruptcy protections um are there any assets that are ring fenced and so on and so forth there is a so to speak it's not a hopeless situation um estate planning is still worth going down the route of awesome mercy thank you this has been so rich and so educational i've learned so much from you um, if anyone would like to get hold of you um, and reach out to you, how best can they reach you? Okay, so they can. Um, so um, our website is there, Fiduciary Services Limited. Um, so, I mean, you could also check me up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn as well. I think that's like, that's most or less like the easiest way to reach me. Or you send um, an email to contact at Fiduciary Services Limited. Um, so it's just as pronounced. Um, the limited is L L T D. 
gmail.com so um, you would always have someone attend to the emails and if it's on linkedin you always have me um respond um to the messages and all so to be good to have it'll be good to kind of talk more to people um, um share more details and share more uh, about what i do i absolutely love talking about what i do so i can't i can't get tired of it so i would really love to engage more awesome awesome thank you so much i love that conversation and frankly what really jumps out at me like i mentioned in the ending was when she said if you don't have an estate plan the government has one for you and that was really it's so true they really do in every jurisdiction they have a plan for you but is that your plan is that the plan that you really want is that you know does that achieve your liquidity goals does that achieve your business goals um, does that amplify, worsen family dynamics in terms of the order in which these assets, who they go to? Um, quite often, probate is a very lengthy process in different jurisdictions. Is that really what you want? So being proactive around estate planning is, is really advisable. Um, the second thing is, I think Mercy was alluding to working with very strong-minded individuals that and families that um, have a strong sense of this is what needs to happen and you just implement, I think it's important to give room for the trusted advisor to guide and advise and utilize their deep wealth of expertise and knowledge. And oftentimes estate planning and tax planning are not things that can just be done at the whim. Quite often we families, we can be quite um, impatient <laughs> We can be, um, we, we can uh, not dedicate as much time as is required or desired to estate planning. And so quite often we can come with a sense of this is urgent, but to do it well, there's a lot that needs to be thought about. Um, jurisdictions, tax residencies, the assets in place, your goals, there's so much to be thought about. And the third thing that I would say is, Estate planning isn't just like you've done it and you're all good. It's a continuous process that needs reevaluating at key moments and periodically. And key moments that I would advise is like, for instance, um, when you have new members of a family joining through marriage or when you have relocations to new jurisdictions when or when you have new assets coming into place. These are key times to think, OK, we need to revisit the estate planning. Is it still fit for purpose? Can it be structured in a different way to optimise? Have we considered all factors into play? Have and so on and so forth. So those would be my nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> and yeah, Mercy is phenomenal at what she does. I also really loved when she unpacked liabilities. Like I mentioned, I find that in the space, there's so much talk about assets, but frankly, we also have liabilities. Like what happens to them? What's the process behind that? And to start to have conversations with amongst your family and also your trusted advisors as to how to manage those liabilities as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, take good care and God bless you.